Welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you. I'm, uh, I was thinking about it today as I listened again to this week's podcast episode, um, which is like three weeks ago for those who are listening today, um, that I always say the exact same thing. And I've referenced that before at the beginning of a podcast, but like it literally is the exact same thing every episode. So welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you. <laughs> uh, I'm here today with a good friend of mine, uh, Sister Becca Harvey. Becca, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you, and uh, I'm excited to be in Hebrews today, chapters one through six. Um, but Becca is our Institute Council President, and uh, at Boise at the Boise Napa Institute. And I thought maybe just to start, um, you you have the floor. Is there a message or something you would want people in the the Boise area to to know or to feel or to think or? I'm just going to let you talk for a second. Now, I should also preface this. Usually before we hit record on an episode, we have talked for a half hour, 45 minutes. And in this episode, we have not talked. I have no idea where we're going to go. And so it's going to be great. So I'm springing this on Becca with no advance notice. Um, So Becca, what's your message? Wow. (laughs) What an introduction. Um, Well, first of all, hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Um, It's been really fun to study Hebrews the last little bit in preparation for today. Um, And I think this is my third time being on for the New Testament, which is so fun for me. Um, The first two times we were still in the life of Christ, which is my favorite part of the whole scriptures. And this year, um, when we got past the mortal ministry of Christ, I kind of had this like, oh no, I forgot that there was like this other half There's of more. the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I was like, and it's Paul, and everyone has like opinions about Paul, and sure. that was really hard to read. Yeah. But then I was thinking with my students, and I had this realization that Paul was a missionary, right? Mm-hmm. And... For so many of us, the first thing we learn about the gospel, if we're learning from missionaries, is about the restoration. Mm. But Paul, the first thing he taught was the reality of Christ. Mm. And he was going from place to place teaching this from his own lived experience, which I think is just as cool as Christ teaching about his own experience to have one of his best friends tell his life to all these people that didn't know, right? Right. It wasn't like Facebook missionaries were a thing. Sure, right. (laughs) It wasn't like we had like Mormon.org videos, like, and I'm a Mormon, Uh you know? Like... There wasn't any way for them to really know who Christ was yet. Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to come and to teach them, the reality of Christ has been really cool to study it that way. And so I think just today as we jump into Hebrews, I would invite anybody who's listening to kind of go in with that same attitude that mm-hmm. as Paul has written this epistle to the Hebrews, that that this is about Christ. Yeah. In fact, I was on the church's website today. There's... Um, if you just Google like intro to and then type in a, a book, sure. whatever book, and then LDS, mm-hmm. there's like a blurb about oh, every right. book and who the author is and what their oh, audience cool. is and all that stuff. And it, it taught me that the that Hebrews 1 through, well, the book of Hebrews is the longest sermon in the scriptures about why and how Jesus Christ is superior to all things, mm. which is incredible. Um we read the scriptures to come know Christ. And if this is the longest sermon about who and how and why he is incredible and essential to all things, I, I want to read it and I want to be in it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that you've identified that this is the longest sermon about Christ. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Now, Christ taught for longer periods of time, but this about him mm -hmm. and what we can know and learn about him from an apostle, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Someone that knew him so closely and understood his doctrine so clearly. I mean, so much so that he could write letters to different nations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I might just before we jump in, uh, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Yep. Um, this is one of the, my favorite things, and, and you've touched on it so beautifully. Chapter um, 11, verse 1, be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Mm -hmm. so, so Paul is, and maybe we've touched on this in podcasts before, but because the others weren't able to walk with Christ, right, his, these converts that Paul's working with, mm -hmm. he was, and he can say, this is how he did it. Mm -hmm. Watch me, follow me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and honestly can say, follow me, and not be blasphemously saying, you know, you should follow me. I wonder sometimes, I don't think our prophets and apostles today would do the same. No. Um, ever. But don't they live the way that, that we could follow them almost mm -hmm. exactly and, and be safe? And I honestly think if, if we live the same way they did, right? Like this wasn't Paul reading his letter to them. Right, yeah. This was the letter he sent. Yeah. I think... It would be different for us if that's how our interactions were, but we see them. Yeah. It's so different. When we see the, the prophets and apostles and how they interact with each other and how they speak of one another in real time, mm -hmm. we understand that concept, mm -hmm. right? Like when we talk about them, we say like they know Christ. Mm -hmm. It's so clear in how they act and speak and conduct themselves that they know him. And I think for Paul, he was just saying, I know him. Hmm. He's my friend. He yeah. changed my heart. Yeah. I will do my best to show you his ways. Yeah. But in no way does Paul take the credit. No. Right? Like he's like, please follow follow this direction. Yeah. But then he testifies of Christ. Right. So yeah. that nuance there is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just just historically what, what is happening here, Paul has written uh, two basically former Hebrew Christians um, who were, were leaving and going back to uh, Judaism um, and the comforts that they found there in the rituals and those types of things. And so he's, he's really trying to point those that are walking away back to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so applicable today. Mm -hmm. How many of our, our loved ones and friends are, are finding another place to go that's more comfortable for them mm -hmm. for whatever reason? And uh, maybe just preaching Christ is the right answer, mm -hmm. right? Maybe just following Paul's example here. Yeah. Love it. Oh, that's so good. Okay, where do we start? So the first thing, if we just look at chapter 1 in Hebrews, at mm -hmm. the chapter heading, it says the Son is the express image of the person of the Father. Mm. And so if we just simplify that, right, Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father. Mm -hmm. A quick Google will tell you that that means that he's an exact copy. Sure. Elder Holland spoke on this a long time ago. Mm. If you Google it, there's a video mm -hmm. where he has like dark hair. And, <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. Was he yeah. like at BYU no at the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Elder Holland, if you hear this for some we reason, love then you. we love you. <laughs> we Hope think you feel better. Too. That's okay. Um, but he said that he's so grateful for Christ that he came for all the reasons, but then he pointed out in this particular talk that. Christ helps us to really understand God mm. because the scriptures don't talk about the character of God. Mm. We don't know very much about Heavenly Father mm. from the scriptures. We just don't. But this verse allows us to understand the character of Heavenly Father mm -hmm. so much more if we know that Christ is an exact copy. And 
Mm. Elder Holland's exact quote was that Christ came to improve man's view of God, mm. Mm. less to improve God's view of man. Mm. Like Heavenly Father knew we would need Christ, but I think he also knew that we needed to know his character. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know. And we think about the Old Testament. Like, what did those people think about God's character? Right. Like, I'm going to curse you? Yeah. But then we have Christ who comes in the New Testament and is like loving and mm -hmm. kind and gentle. And to think he is what the Father would want us to know about him. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes we say like on the judgment day, mm -hmm. God will be just. Right. And we kind of do it with like an iron fist right, right. face. And like, <laughs> and you're doing that right now for yeah, all like, those that can't oh, see you. <laughs> you know, scowled eyebrows. But to think like Christ will be there to defend us. But I think God wants the, like, I don't think it's going to be like that yeah. he's coming after us. Yeah, he no. loves us. It's not God versus us and Jesus is like our defender. Like our case. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> like they all want us to right. succeed. Yeah. And... I love that. But I think that's mostly just that first chapter in particular. There's so much in there. Yeah. Um, but in particular, that first part, I, I love Christ. Yeah. It's so easy for me to testify of him. Yeah. And it, it's a quick testimony for me to say, I know the Father answers my prayers. I know he knows me. And then I have to think. Mm. But then I'm like, no, he loves me. Mm -hmm. And he has a plan for me. But to know that, he, that Christ is in the exact copy of mm -hmm. our Heavenly Father, all of a sudden there are hundreds of other things that I am so grateful for yeah. in Him that wouldn't come to my mind naturally because right. I'm not reading about God's mortal ministry. Right. right? I'm reading about Christ. Mm -hmm. But if they're the same... Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really love that. I, I was um, thinking as you were talking about that how... <clears throat> had a question come up in a class and a student said something to the effect of how can I know about Heavenly Mother if I don't know anything about her? Mm -hmm. We talked about how, well, how much do you know about Heavenly Father? And there really isn't any more there, at least about his personality. We don't know any, anything about his character traits, anything. Yeah. We know where he was in a couple of places, right? But yeah. we really don't know about him. And then we talked about Christ. Well, what do you know about Christ? How, how much do we know? Like, mm -hmm. he's the perfect example of all things, right? And because of that, um, and because he's a perfect copy of God, I know everything about God. I know how God would treat me in every circumstance because I know how Christ would treat me in every circumstance. And it's interesting to me because you reference the Old Testament and the New Testament differences, right? You see them, you see them very different. And I think it's actually a pretty cool thing to be able to say, well, Christ was the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so what do we learn about Christ when we look at his whole character, not just how he lived his life in mortality, because he came in a very humble fashion to do a very humble thing. But he also had the capacity to be the God of the Old Testament. He just chose not to in his life as an example for how we should be, because we don't have the authority to be like the God of the Old Testament on, in our lives, right? Yeah. So anyway, I just, I like that connection. And I think as we learn, uh, as we learn about the characteristics and attributes of Christ, uh, we really learn about our Heavenly Father in in a perfect way and ultimately about Heavenly Mother as well. There's no attribute that Christ has, um, that Christ didn't have that she would have or vice versa, right? Uh, he has them all. He's the perfect nurturer even if it wasn't his earthly assignment to be the nurturer in his home, right? Yeah. So I think we can learn from him in all things there. So good. It's so good. And I just, 
I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for Paul and his yeah. understanding sure. of that. Yeah. This isn't a concept that is spoken of very many times in the scriptures. I think there's a reference in Colossians somewhere yeah. of something similar about this um, express image idea. But for Paul to understand it yeah. and to say, like, no, like, I just, oh, I can, like, see him yeah. and Christ sitting together somewhere, you know? Yeah. On the yeah. side of the mountain, like, having this conversation... I mean, they had to have had so many conversations right. for him to trust Paul. Yeah. To to understand to it like this, like like I'm looking at verse five. Thou art my son. This is part way through. Mm -hmm. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. That Paul would have had such an intimate conversation with Christ, whether during his, you know, his conversion or later in the, in his processes of being a an apostle here. He would understand him intimately so that he could teach us intimately about the relationship between him and his father. So, so cool. So cool. Well, and I think if we just keep going with that theme, Paul is special, but he is no more special than you or I. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think that because, like, he did write part of the Bible. And, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but Christ would sit with any of us on the side of a mountain. Mm -hmm. And that's prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can talk to Christ. Mm -hmm. Anywhere. You can talk to Heavenly Father anywhere. Mm -hmm. And they want you to understand the intricacies of their doctrine. It's not like they want them to be hidden from you. Right. And I think about in, in chapter 4, but it's also referenced in chapter 1, the Israelites failed to enter into the Lord's rest mm -hmm. because they hardened their hearts. Yeah. Right. How often are we hardening our hearts mm. to the rest that Christ offers? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting, um, especially like we talked we touched on briefly at the beginning that there are so many who are wanting it to be a different way than it is, mm -hmm. and so because it's not the way they want it, they're walking away. Mm -hmm. um, because they're not seeing the prophets and apostles of today react the same way they emotionally are reacting or they culturally are reacting they're assuming that prophets and apostles are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just challenge anybody out there who's feeling like that to consider if you had lived in Noah's day, you would have looked at Noah in a very similar way thinking, that guy's crazy, he's wrong. I've lived here for my entire life, I'm 50 years old, and there is no rain ever that is happening at that level, right? And, and to, to have a prophet walk in and say, this is gonna happen, you guys need to prepare. I, I wonder and I worry that some uh, see prophets as just men, mm. um, and they are not. They have a different assignment and a different role, and when we put them on the same level as just, even, even a local priesthood leader, um, we, we greatly err in who God has assigned them to be in our lives. Mm. And uh, I think we can have a lot more confidence in what they say and how, how they lead us. Um, than I think what I'm seeing sometimes around me. Yeah. It's a little scary, maybe. I do think it can be scary. I appreciate your testimony of the apostles and who they are to you and, and to so many. And I also love that we can just testify of Christ. Yeah. Right? Like, people struggle. And I think yeah. for people listening, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, I'm I'm nearly done with a master's in counseling, and so I yeah. spend a lot of time with people who... <laughs> who probably would take issue with things happening in the church right now. Sure. But what I love about this is that they failed to enter into the Lord's rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, 
keep the commandments, in this there is safety, in this there is peace. Yeah. Follow the Savior, you'll find joy and peace. Mm. Keep his commandments, you will find rest. Like, yeah. it comes back to the Savior every time. And if you're having a hard time watching Dental Conference, I see you. Yeah. Go to the Savior. He understands, and we might not. There are issues that people have with conference that I don't. Yeah. And it's not because I'm not trying to understand. I'm just wired different, maybe. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of ditzy. No, I'm not <laughs> ditzy. But, but I think, go back to Jesus. Yeah. Like, you and I, straight members of the church, sure. we just start, we're not dealing with that. Yeah. Well, we but, had a, we had a, we had a, Upbringing, I know a little bit about yours enough to know that your family is pretty solid, right? And and while we while we I'm sure we have our own family issues, um, when when you when you don't have massive stuff in your history and in your family that you've got to deal with like right now, mm -hmm. then maybe we don't see things the same way and we and we view things differently and we, you know, we aren't thinking about certain circumstances or certain situations that others are, right? As they watch conference and yeah. and deal with those things. But the truth is the same. Yeah. Right. Like, was my childhood great? Yeah. yeah. Was your childhood great? Yeah. yeah. Is my life right now pretty great? Yeah, dating sucks sometimes, but otherwise it's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> otherwise it's fabulous, but Christ gets it regardless, right? Yeah. Like it says, oh, where is it? Um, Being so much better than the angels, as mm. he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Yeah. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, mm -hmm. this day I have begotten thee. Right, like... He had such a different assignment. Yeah, and like, he is, okay, I always talk with my hands on here, and I'm like, oh, they can't see. He is above everything. Like, you have been an angel to so many people in this sure. life. I hope I have been an angel to others in this life. And and it doesn't matter, because no. I'm not Jesus. Right. And if I turn to him, and if you turn to him, if anyone chooses to turn to him, yeah. he has you. In fact, oh, the sweetest thing, I'm doing clinical hours right now. So I spend first period teaching seminary, and then Monday through Wednesday I'm at a middle school, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm at an elementary school. But today I was at the elementary school for whatever, it just, anyways. This little boy who probably has more behavioral issues than any other student in the school. Like, the kindergarten teacher won't let him back in the classroom. Oh, wow. Have you ever met a kindergarten teacher that won't let a, t a kindergartner in? Oh, no, yeah. they're like the nicest, most pleasant people in the, in right. the world. <laughs> this little boy, we spend a lot of time together, him and I. He was telling me today about his friends, and he said, and then, you know, I have another friend. And I said, oh, who is it? Because a lot of kids are having a hard time with him. Mm -hmm. He said, it's Jesus. And I was shocked because oh. this boy, yeah. not acting in a way that I would think he knew Jesus. <laughs> I've met his parents. Like, this is not the kid I was thinking was going to tell me about Jesus He's today. got Jesus, yeah. And he was like, no, Miss Harvey, I know him. Mm. And I, like, got choked up <laughs> on the playground. Mm -hmm. I was like... How do you know about him? And he said, my dad told me he's a really good guy. Mm. I said, what else do you know about this man? Mm. Like, I'm trying to play dumb because yeah. I'm at the public school. Who, who is Jesus? <laughs> Who's Jesus? <laughs> and he's like, well, Jesus lives in heaven. And when you meet Jesus, he will always give you a second chance. Mm. And I thought, this little boy who spends more time with the principal and the school counselor and the behavioral coach and the IP, mm -hmm. da, 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 he knows mm. in his little body that's so stinky. Mm -hmm. Jesus will give us a second chance. Yeah. How powerful that even this little boy knows that when we enter the Lord, like we can always enter the Lord's rest. Mm -hmm. It is available to 
all of us. He is yeah. above everything. He is above every helper. Yeah. He's above the prophets. That, that's the first verse of chapter four, right? The first yes. verse, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Mm -hmm. But then the next verse I think is interesting too. Yeah. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Right? It kind of goes back to the prophets, right? Mm -hmm. That that it's one thing to hear about Christ. It's one thing to know everything he taught mm -hmm. and be able to verbate it all back, right? Yeah. It's another thing to to mix faith with that and be able to say, Christ uses prophets. He teaches that direction. That's how he's going to teach me on earth. And I have to have faith in those prophets. And that's how I'm going to get to know Christ even better. Because I can get to know him one-on-one. -on -one, mm -hmm. And I think he will always do that. But there is a source that helps us get to know him better. Today. Today. For, for how we would live our lives today. Right? Yeah. That's my favorite, like... He's in the scriptures. Yeah. You can find him in the Old Testament if you're looking. Yeah. You can clearly find him in the New Testament. You can clearly find him in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. You can find him in the, the Doctrine and Covenants, but you have to look. Yeah. It's like it honestly kind of reminds me a little bit of the Old Testament and the fact that like he's there yeah. so often, but we don't explicitly say like, and then God, right? Right, yeah. Or then Jesus. But that was like minimally hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And although we know Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which is so true. Like, right. I could spend the rest of my life studying yeah. what we know of this and be pretty happy. But we miss out on what the prophets know about him today. Yeah. And the thing is, like, porn on phones right. wasn't an issue sure. in any of the texts we're reading yeah. about. Cyberbullying wasn't an issue on any of the platforms, like any of the scriptures. The prophets can help us navigate things today the yeah. way the Savior would. Right. And I think sometimes we are like, okay, I'm going to read about Jesus right here, right? He walked with them. He talked with them. This is how he treated them. And they were like, okay, what would he do now? Yeah. And the apostles and prophets today help us to negate that question. They're yeah. like, hey, dude. This is it. We're doing this This, this is way. how you do it. Can I share a, a thought? Um, President Benson back in 1980 gave a talk at BYU, and it actually got, I don't know, maybe a little heated because of what he said in it. Um, but it's, it's called 14 Fundamentals of Following the Prophet. Oh, yeah. And um, the second fundamental he, he shares is that the living prophet is more vital to us than the standard works. Mm. And then he goes on in another one is that a living prophet is more is more important to us than the dead prophet. So second and third are those um, are those two points. But then he goes on and he, he tells a story of uh, Joseph turning to Brigham in a meeting and saying, um, "Brother Brigham, let me, I'll just read parts of this. Brother Brigham, I want you to take the stand and tell us your views with regard to the living oracles and the written word of God." So Brigham stands up and he takes the Bible and he lays it aside and he takes the Book of Mormon and he lays it aside and he takes the Doctrine and Covenants and he lays it to the side. And then he says, there is the written word of God to us concerning the work of God from the beginning of the world almost to our day. And now, he said, when compared with the living oracles, those books are nothing to me. Those books do not convey the word of God of God direct to us now, as do the words of a prophet or a man bearing the holy priesthood in our day and generation. I would rather have the living oracles than all the writing in the books. That was the course he pursued. When he was through, Brother Joseph said to the congregation, Brother Brigham has told you the word of the Lord, and he has told you the truth. 
just as clear as day, the living oracles, the living prophets are going to guide and direct you much better than past prophets, dead prophets, the scriptures for your day. Mm -hmm. Now, now that doesn't mean they're going to rest the scriptures. They definitely don't. If you've ever looked at the like cross-references to one of their talks, they're like 50 cross-references to scriptural citations, right? But, but that they're going to speak to your need and to your circumstance much faster than because they're connecting to Christ. Christ is teaching them. It's not them teaching. It's Christ, the Spirit, teaching about what we need in our day-to-day. Yeah. So cool. So, so cool. good. Hey, for, for everyone's sake, can you define oracles? Mm-hmm. No, but here, let me tell you what goes <laughs> through my mind. Can you define it? Heck no! Okay, okay I'll look it up while I'm talking. Um, okay, so uh, in my mind, when... We hear the word oracle. I think, think of, of orcas. You, okay. <laughs> I, I think of the never-ending story. And oh. the oracles, weren't they like the, oh, those are those like sentinels. Those are like the, Matt, you have so the, much faith in me. I fell asleep. Are you kidding me? That was like the most boring movie all the Oh, time. I loved it. Okay, define oracles. Here we go. An oracle, a priest or priestess, priestess acting as a medium through whom advice or prophecy was sought from the gods in, in classical antiquity. So modern-day prophecy. Modern-day prophecy. Super cool. Yeah. And let's not forget, like, we've been commanded by the prophet to read the scriptures every day. Right, yeah. So there is something, there's something magical about reading the word of God and hearing modern-day word of God regularly. Yeah. Like, together, that's that's the sauce, you guys. that's cool. Like, that's it. That's That's the Chick-fil-A sauce of life. Yeah, I like that. Or whatever you choose is your Chick-fil-A. sauce. Chick-fil-A. But we'll go, I'm we'll pretty sure Chick-fil-A that. is supreme. <laughs> pretty much out there everywhere. Um, Love it. Oh, so good. Where else should we go? Well, oh, there's so much good stuff in here, you guys. Um, pointing out, okay, we're getting close on time. Mm-hmm. Like we have like 10-ish minutes. Yep. But this last one, chapter 6, talks about the rest that we entering what happens when we enter the rest of the Lord. Hmm. We know that in chapter 4, the Israelites failed to enter the rest because their hearts were hardened. Mm -hmm. And that can happen for lots of different reasons, right? I think about, oh, let me, okay. This this is actually kind of profound. I've been teaching seminary for four and a half years. And I see hardship Mm -hmm. in seminary. But I will tell you right now, I did not know hardship until I was in the public schools. Mm -hmm. If you are a member of this church and you go homeless, it's not for long. Mm -mm. We will take care of you. If you don't have food, we will get you food, like Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. If you don't have clothes, we will get, like that, we do not go without. Mm -hmm. When you are a faithful member, we do not go without. And I will tell you, my first six weeks back in the public schools this year as an intern was like the most heartbreaking time of my life. Mm. Because I had kids who were legitimately homeless and legitimately didn't eat as soon as they left school and did not have running water and did not have a home and didn't have anything. And they have every reason to harden their heart. Mm-hmm. Those children, they're babies. Yeah. They did not do anything wrong to deserve a mom and dad that wouldn't take care of them. Mm-hmm. And those parents deserve all the grace in the world to figure out. Like, what can we do to help you get on your feet, to help you get the things you need? You, Lots of them weren't planning on this. This is not the life they dreamt of. Sure. It just happened. It's yeah. terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. Even them. Even those people who have, I mean, they don't shower. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have running water. I think sometimes we don't even remember. Yeah what poverty is, yeah. that that exists in Boise, Idaho. Right next or, to us. It, like, 
everywhere. It's mm. everywhere. Christ even met them. Mm -hmm. But then I love in chapter 6 that he talks about as we enter the Lord's rest, we can, get into, we can gain perfection mm -hmm. through covenants. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of Sister um, Emily Bell Freeman's talk mm -hmm. and the power she spoke to of tethering ourselves to Christ, mm -hmm. which to me sounds a lot like entering his rest, mm -hmm. right? Like you have yeah. to hold on to that. That's not something you can just like walk in and it stays with you. Yeah. You have to hold on to that. And maybe we can talk about what that looks like, what it looks like to hold on to that. But that as we hold on to him, right, as we touch his robe, as we grab for his hand, we can gain perfection through our covenants, mm -hmm. through the ordinances that we participate in mm -hmm. and the covenants that we keep and what that looks like and why it's important and how it can bring us rest. Mm. Even just last week, I think you and I were comparing schedules and talking about like, yeah. The 15, 16 hour days that we pull sometimes and we're tired. Yeah. But if we've been promised the Lord's rest, you and I have even missed that. Yeah. What does it mean to hold on, to cling to the Lord in such a way that you feel mm. the rest he offers? It's not peace. Mm -mm. That's not what they're saying here. Mm -mm. They're saying they entered his rest, which mm -mm. to me means I've missed something. Yeah. Because sometimes I wake up tired. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I might point out in 5, uh, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 5, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. Mm -hmm. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In chapter 7, we're going to get a little bit more about Melchizedek and learn a little bit about that. So we won't touch on that really much today. But if we go into chapter 6, verse 5, and have tasted the good world, the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come. Right? That is thinking celestial. That yes. is finding rest, right? Yes. It isn't about worrying about your current circumstance. Now, that said, you just got done talking beautifully about how many children there are even in our own community that are going without, right? Yeah. Those children, they need sustenance before they need spirit, right? I mean, I think it, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things I've learned as a, as a priesthood leader in, in our community is until somebody is taken care of temporarily, they really can't focus on their spiritual welfare very much. Mm -hmm. Many do still, but, but our, our objective should be to take care of them temporarily first. But I love that when he's in the, in the same breath and chapter that he's talking about Christ as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And when we get into chapter 7, that will be significant. But, but then we talk about um, tasting the good word of God by looking at the powers of the world to come. That's thinking forward, right? Yeah, my circumstance is tough right now. Yeah, the things I'm going through right now are hard. But I'm so glad I'm going through them. And I'm so glad I know what I know. Because if I didn't know what I know and I'm going through those same, same things, it would be so much more hard, so much more difficult. And there is no rest there. There's no peace there. No. There is peace for me, even in the trials that we're dealing with now, to think, okay, someday I'm going to die. The people that I'm struggling with are going to die. And Jesus is going to come. And we will be like, okay, sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. And th that's not what I meant. It's not how I... And we will see clearly. And it will, it will become so easy mm -hmm. to be good when the temptations of the world and the fall and the conditions and the sickness and the illness and all the things are gone. Um, that forward thinking, thinking celestial as President Nelson would call it right now, I think is where you find rest. It isn't in the moment. 
right? It, 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 it might be that the burdens are lightened. We, we find in the Book of Mormon, right? That the burden's lightened so you can handle it. But the burden's still going to be there. You live in a fallen world, right? You're a mortal being. You're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the rest isn't going to feel like a nap <laughs> on, on earth. <laughs> Bummer. Right? Yeah, right? But to know, that, to know that there will be peace and comfort and hope, uh, I think that's the rest. Yeah. I also think, to add to what you're saying, I have students that will come in and say, like, this is terrible, and this is terrible, and this is yeah, terrible. Right. And I'll be like, okay, what can we do to make it better at school for you? Yeah. And they'll be like, well, eventually it'll just be fine. And I'm like, that's true. If I don't do anything about this right. and I just send you back to class, eventually it will resolve itself naturally. Right. But I think if we're proactive, we could do that now. Yeah. And so even just as you were talking, you said eventually Jesus will come. And I'm like... That's so true. Mm -hmm. But if I know he's coming and if I know he can offer peace, why would I wait till the second coming to resolve some of this crap that gives me so much anxiety? Right. Like, I'm going to get to know Jesus. And I'm going to get to know him so well that I can just, I can just deal. Like, yeah. this can be resolved today because yeah. there is no need for me to carry anxiety and worry and fear now that he could resolve later because yeah. he's still the same God today that he right. will be then. Yeah. So why would I wait? Why would I do that? Yeah. I think verse 11, chapter 6, <laughs> and we desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That There's work to do. You're, you're not, I mean, yeah, Jesus will fix it, mm -hmm. but, but I think he's going to teach you how to go fix it and you're going to go fix it, right? Yeah. And at the same time I say that, I know that there are some out there, I know some in my family who literally can't fix the circumstance because yeah. the, the others involved don't want it fixed. They're just willing to let it continue to be crummy the way it is. Yeah. And, and so, so where is hope then? Where is peace and rest there? Um, to me, again, it's thinking celestial and thinking beyond the, the last few months or the next few months. It's thinking way down the road that, that these things will go away. They will be corrected and, yeah. and fixed and we will look at each other and understand each other better than we understand them now. For sure. And I think that's hope, and I think, but oh, even if it doesn't yeah. happen right now. Yeah, right, which 19 in chapter 6, which hope we have as an assurance, or no, as an anchor of the soul, yeah. both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Becca, this has been great. We uh, we are are we're kind of in the middle of a whole bunch of things today, and oh. and so we're gonna we're gonna call it here. Yeah. Uh, is there one more thing, one more thought you would take us to, or one more place you would, uh, or, or just a message you would want yeah. to, uh, those listening to know? Uh, again, we're we're kind of all over the world. We're I think we're in forty different countries now. It's super weird. Uh, it's forty so different people listen to me every week. Holy cow, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But uh, but what would be your be your parting words to us? Well, I hope this comes together. I saw this quote on a wall walking into this meeting. It's from Elder Christofferson in the most recent general conference. It says, with access to stealing power, our hearts naturally turn to those who have gone before us. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, the stealing power seals us to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something in all of us that wants to be with him, mm -hmm. that yearns for him. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, since I've come to know him, it wasn't always this way. But since I have had a relationship with him that I could identify, there has been something in my soul that just wants him near mm -hmm. all the time. On a bad day, I'm like, yeah, friends are nice, but I want, I want Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And it is, it is not the same yearning that I feel for other people mm-hmm. at all. And I, I, I just love Paul's testimony of him. And I just testify that we all have this in us. You might not know Christ yet. You might not know that yearning is in you yet. But I promise when you come to know him, it will be there. Because we know him. We knew him. He is our brother. Not like metaphorically. Like he is ours. And he loves us. And he is so aware of us. And the prophets testify of him. If you just listen to the testimonies of Christ by prophets and apostles, mm-hmm. you can hear it. It's like a cry almost in their mm-hmm. voice. Like, we want you here. Mm-hmm. Of all the people that could ever come back, yeah. collectively, we all want him. Back. Even other religions. Yeah. We want Christ. Yeah. And, and I think that's powerful. And I'm just so grateful for Paul and his willingness to testify of Christ that, that he can... Just say things so eloquently. Um, In chapter 6, verse 10, it says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And um, this, a few weeks ago, when you're listening to this, um, there's a lot about ministering in Come follow me. And I just think as much as we've been asked to to minister to others, Christ has ministered to us and continues to minister to us. And he is the perfect example of that. And he loves loves us so much. And I'm just so grateful for Paul's testimony and Elder Christofferson's insight about that naturally occurring yearning within us to be with him. Sister Harvey, Becca, thank you. This has been a great conversation. I love uh, learning from you and with you. I, uh, I I might speak on behalf of the faculty at the Institute here. We, we get to work closely with you regularly. And uh, as you read verse 10, I thought, man, verse 10 was written just for Becca. <laughs> it's just exactly what, what I think Heavenly Father thinks of you. For God is, is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have shewed towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Uh, for those that, that don't know Becca, she really is a minister to all that she knows, um, both in the church and out of the church, in her work, in her uh, employment with the church, in her assignment as a institute council president. And uh, Becca, you need to know that we, we love you appropriately, <laughs> um, but, uh, but that God is not... Uh, forgetting your work and the labor of love that you're putting into the, your efforts. And so for, on behalf of the Institute faculty, I'm claiming ownership of them right now. And we are grateful for you, what you put together for us. Thank you. I'm honored to be Institute Student of the Month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I love it. Well, I hope we can get you back before the end of the end of your, your uh, interim as a president. Can we have you back next spring? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, that'll be fun, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll see you then. Okay, bye. Thanks.